Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Hassan Talks Podcast. This is the third episode of Ramadan Diaries. I'm actually recording on the 15th day of Ramadan, so we're halfway through the month already. Now, for today's episode, uh, I want to take you guys into the traditions and the culture that uh, exists in Sudan during Ramadan. Um, being a Sudanese myself, we always have our own special vibes and even though uh, we spend Ramadan outside Sudan, we, we carry these traditions and these cultures and we keep it alive wherever we go. So for today's episode, uh, Hassan Izzuddin, my guest, a very good friend of mine, will help, will help me uh, tell the story uh, of the Sudanese uh, uh, life and the Sudanese special Ramadan activities that always happen every single year. Hassan is a very good friend of mine who I actually met uh, in Malaysia, in the university. I know, I know the confusion, like two Hassans in the same podcast can be a little bit confusing, but uh, bear with me guys, it's going to be fun. And without further ado, hello Hassan, how's it going? Hello, uh, my name is uh, Hassan Aris, uh, and I'm a Sudanese who uh, is uh, still settling in, in, in Sydney, Australia. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you, man. How's it going? Uh, good, good. Surviving yourself. I'm doing I'm doing fine. So how how's uh, how's Ramadan in Sydney with you? Ah, Ramadan in Sydney. Okay, <laughs> Ramadan in Sydney before the pandemic or after the pandemic? Because there we gotta be specific. Uh, like about <laughs> today, you know, how's how's the how's your day going? Oh, Ramadan? Yeah, you know, with all the uh, with all the fact of working from home, uh, it's not any special than you know shifting your meals from two p.m. lunch to or one p.m. lunch to the to 5 p.m. lunch plus dinner. So uh, honestly, with the all with all the lockdown, it's uh, yeah Ramadan. See, in general, Ramadan in Sydney is very exciting. Uh, we have a very you know large Muslim community here, and especially in Sydney, uh, who are actually having their own established uh, festivals, Ramadan festivals, which they call Ramadan nights. Uh, people come, you know, Muslims come from all across the state, sometimes across the country. We have like bazaars and street food and all those kind of things. But you know, with all the, um, the current statuses, all those um, events were uh, shut down. Do you, do you remember the last Ramadan you spent in the country, in Sudan? The last Ramadan in Sudan, that was ages ago because yeah, we've never had a chance to, you know, I guess since I went to college, I've never had a chance to to, 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 to have Ramadan, you know, Ramadan in a break day or Ramadan while I'm visiting Sudan. But the last Ramadan I remember was in 2003 or 2002, some, I guess, either two or three. Uh, yep, I remember that Ramadan, or at least some part of it. Uh, yeah, back back then though, back then in 2000s, yeah. Ramadan was, uh, was more towards winter. Uh, it's not it's not as it is now in the hot weather. Back, back in Sudan, back in Sudan, Ramadan, or back in those days, Ramadan in Sudan was the weather was good, uh, warm, not 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 hot as it's today maybe in the country. So uh, with also shorter uh, fasting hours or daytime. And uh, yeah, I remember all the vibes. Yeah, family gatherings. Uh, you know those streets, the street uh, feasts. That you have with the people around the neighborhood, and you know, and, and you know, those people who cross by, they, they get forced to stop and uh, and, and and have their uh, iftar on the street. Uh, yeah, the, the, those were very fascinating concepts to me because you know, uh, I, I lived in in, in, in in or I was born and raised in, in Dubai, and there things are a bit more of uh, you know, uh, 
I would say personalized compared to the open culture that we have in Sudan. You don't have random people that you don't know getting into your house and have the dinner, right? Or eat with you. It's not. It's not. It's not familiar to interact with with, with strangers. But in Sudan, that's uh, that's that's not the concept. So you were saying about uh, how Ramadan in Sudan is very special, and you were talking specifically about a tradition that uh, where people take their food or their iftar outside to the street. Can you elaborate a little bit so that people can get to know that culture? So what I recall uh, of that culture is every single household um, uh, have like a, a mini iftar or mini, you know, meal. Oh, it's not a mini meal. It's a full meal. I would say a meal that can, you know, uh, have three people on it or two people and three to four people on that meal. And the, 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 the man or the male or the father of the house would take that food outside. So apparently there are some gatherings or some assembly points in every neighborhood uh, where all the uh, all the families, they bring their food, the, the house-made food or the homemade food, and they share that meal amongst themselves as well as others, strangers. So, you know, you would get people who pass by or people who are not from this neighborhood. So technically you bring, even even sometimes you bring your guests You know, if you if you invite people to iftar at your place, mostly they go out with you to meet the neighborhood, and that's 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 a very healthy social practice, I would say, because you know, like in one meal you would know the cousin of your neighbor. You got what I mean, and 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 you can build the relationship, you know, because you know, for me, food, or meals, travels, and 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 education they are the best places for me to to bond with people. So. Uh, that's um, that's 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 a very social uh, or healthy social practice that I've noticed. Uh, people, you know, well, they they have a meal together. You can you can also or most probably what would happen is that people pray together, uh, the Maghrib time, and then they continue having the meal. They chit chat, uh, and as you know, we have very uh, uh, special yeah. drinks uh, in Ramadan. Uh, so yeah, people share the drinks, and you know drop some jokes yeah. here and there sometimes people give some preaches uh people may discuss about the politics as <laughs> every single occasion in sudan yeah. so, so about uh, about that uh, tradition of going going like to to break your fast actually on the street or like in assembly points inside the neighborhood i remember my last ramadan in sudan was in 2011 and uh i was quite impressed by by how how people like really really organized when it comes to this you know so we take our food to the mosque that was the assembly point inside the neighborhood or actually to the main uh, road or the main highway next to the neighborhood so if people are passing by or like they're traveling and they can't catch you know the iftar at their homes so people literally stop them in the middle of the street so now you have to eat with us so that was super fascinating to watch i was just enjoying how people like i mean treat strangers like with such hospitality correct yep yep i've, I've seen some videos about that it's not a thing i've noticed i mean like in, in my ramadan the one i'll talk to you about i i didn't see people stopping uh, cars and, and and you know and, and you know like forces them to stop and get you know get uh, get to to park the cars and join their meals but i've seen some videos actually about that Uh, and it's really, really quite uh, nice. I mean, like you know, it's a, it's an over generosity, if I can call it so. People are really generous to to to, to really have total strangers, uh, and and you know, stop them and make them to 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 
catch their iftar on time. So yeah, it's a really nice uh, tradition. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, for me. That's a very Sudanese tradition that you can't simply find anywhere else. So uh, moving to uh, something also that's uh, that makes the the Sudanese Ramadan super special is the cuisine or the food. So since now you're in Australia and you're away from uh, from your family, so what what kind of cuisine do you miss the most in iftar? Uh, you know, when when we all go to the to the kitchen, when you see like your mom or your grandma, whoever preparing food in the kitchen, you go and you know explore and you know make sure that the dish that you you really like is made today. And, and you just keep testing stuff and every single day you get kicked out of the kitchen get the hell out of here just go and wait for the food and especially when you when you are a new faster you know when when, when you're just a kid and you start learning to fast mostly kids start to learn that partially they don't just get fast or they fast for the whole month they just fast for a couple of days you know it was a struggle but it's there is this kind of a mix between the the struggle Plus the, the 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 excitement and the joy of the whole practice when you know when you know and realize that you're actually doing this with billions. I mean, like what? It's like one billion and a half yeah. Muslims around the world. You're technically practicing this with all of these people at the same time. Uh, so um, back to the cuisine. So you're asking about specific dishes here. Um, yeah, I mean, talk about it the, the way you like it. What exactly you enjoy in the Sudanese iftar, what, and what you miss the most about it? Oh uh, yeah, I miss the gatherings. I miss the, I miss the, uh, miss the family. You know, the. Uh, I guess you feel what I feel because we both living away from our families. The uh-huh. whole concept of getting together and 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 having the meal together and you know, giving compliments uh, to the to the dish that was made. Sometimes if it's your sister, you're trying to annoy, you give bad comments, you know, all those kind of, all those kind of, uh, vibes, I'm, you know, across the, the table. Uh, I, I miss that. Um, it's, it's not about the food to me, more of, uh, uh, the, the, the people, the gathering, the, you know, all the vibe around it. I'm well, not sure. What about you? What do you, what do you miss the most? I don't know. Like, of course, I miss the gathering. Of course, I miss, uh, you know, having uh, to break my iftar every day with my with my parents and with my sisters. That's always very special. But I think for me personally, the food adds a huge value. So, like, when I'm sitting there and there's, you know, a big plate of asida, uh, like a moyat, like karkade, abre, you know, <laughs> these things, man, it's just it feels so different. Right. It's so special. Like, I, I fasted Ramadan in different countries, but. Every time I have some sort of gathering, more or less, you know, except for this Ramadan, and uh, it's—I mean, if, if it's not a very Sudanese iftar, I don't know. Does this day count? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I feel you. I feel you because you know when you don't have that asida and 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 have the kab kabe and uh, you know having all the moyat, holomur, and abreno, and and then all those all those <laughs> rituals of Ramadan. Uh, I I agree. You feel like yeah, you're not. You really. Not. It's it's like it's like more or less a normal meal, uh, which should which it should not because most of those dishes that we just mentioned or those kind of uh, of, of of food are specified uh, in Ramadan in a sense that you may not find them after Ramadan or even before Ramadan. They're just there for those thirty days or twenty nine days. Like I'm not sure. Have you no, ever drank any okay. abre until? In, like, in a normal month? Years in the first no, day of Ramadan, no, it just disappears <laughs> after, after Eid, you know, you never see it. So that's actually quite Sudanese. 
And also one other point, like this kind of stuff are always homemade and they take so much time to prepare. I mean, as much as I hear from my mom. Correct. Yes, I've seen, I've seen that being made. I mean, like the abri, I've seen the abri being prepared for you a couple of months before Ramadan. It's not like a day or two. They start preparing that a while before Ramadan. I mean, like, I don't really recall the exact process, but it got, it involved some corn. Corn is in that. There's a lot of spices. Uh, corn is, 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 is mixed with those spices. It, it's left to be dried. Uh, you know, there's a lot of processes in there and then maybe some flour added to that. And, and, and yeah, this is, this, this, those are the yeah. flashes of memory that I remember of that process. I was a kid back then, but those are the main ingredients that I remember. But yeah, I remember all the, you know, all the ladies, my grandma and her friends, uh, who gathers at the backyard of our home and, 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 you know, they, they, they prepare things a while before Ramadan. Now we've mentioned these kind of, uh, traditions that happen inside Sudan but now uh, since you know we are, we are very uh, into our cultures and we take it wherever we actually go you know so I'm here in Spain I, I still like feel um, um, I'm supposed to you know to be as, uh, as Sudanese as possible when it comes to all the traditions they have and I try to bring it out and I'm sure you do you do that too so uh, let's let's go back since you grew up in in, uh, in Dubai and I grew up in Saudi Arabia and I remember our house in home it's it's also like very sudanese uh, traditions you know inside the house even though we're in a different country we keep our traditions alive uh, especially inside uh, especially during ramadan that's 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 as precise yep I, I mean like you know we knew about ramadan and all the sudanese rituals when we were outside of sudan i mean like the sudanese version of ramadan with all the rituals uh the the yes yeah as you say sudanese always stick to the culture stick to the traditions no matter where they are and uh and yeah so yeah all, all every single Sudanese household i've seen uh was actually within this uh culture they, they stick to the culture they make they make sure that ramadan in their house is more or less a Sudanese ramadan as it can get we may not do the whole same level of preparations you know this kind of a manual work that the ladies in sudan do but yeah, at least we get the things, you know, we get the final product and, uh, and we, 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 we stick to the same, uh, to the same uh, meal, the same dishes, same uh, details. They keep comparing, you know, your mom's Asida with your grandma's Asida. Did she really learn from her well or no? Your grandma's is better than this one. You know, all yeah, those kind I, of, I remember one, one of the uh, uh, of, of details interesting uh, iftars I had, we, you know, you always get invited to break your, to break your fast or have iftar in another family's uh, home, you know, another East family's home. And so you get invited and you go there and usually you don't go empty handed. So you also bring your, bring your Asida, bring some drinks, you know, and uh, you, you have like a very nice uh, iftar at the end of the day. I remember we, we were invited to uh, a friend of ours, uh, he's Sudanese and he's Shaigi, which is a tribe in Sudan. That I mean, for me, I believe yeah. Asida is the main uh, plate uh, in iftar. So these people believe actually. I know you guys. We're like sitting down at like two different main plates. It was very confusing, you know, and like everybody was looking at each other. Okay, what the hell is happening here? Now the thing that uh, I'm from a similar region of Shagis. Uh, I'm from Lungula, so which is a which is a neighboring region. Our the neighboring city of the Shaigis area, 
and we also got the same uh, level of uh, belief. I mean, like you know, I see there is a thing that we have there, but it's not as important in Ramadan as gorasa. Although gorasa is a is a is, is a food that you eat across the year. It's not you know it's not stuck to Ramadan only. But even though Asi or Gurasa will still, you know, overtake uh, Asi that any given day or any on any given day. So yes, I, I know what he's talking about that that that, that story uh-huh. that Gurasa comes first and then whatever comes second. So yeah, I mean, like my dad is my dad is that person, and you know, when a dad uh, didn't, I didn't room, know that you're from Dunga, So yeah, this this example applies to you. This story applies to you. So uh, also one of the traditions that uh, so these people uh, yep. keep uh, having even outside Sudan is uh, you know like if you live in a neighborhood where there are Sudanese people around you and you live next to you you send them food even if you're not like uh, having iftar with them you send them some food they send like a, the, the, the youngest uh, member of the family to, to say like mom says hi and this is I don't know some uh, for you guys and sometimes they give you something back and you have to, you have to take it back did you do any of this kind of stuff uh yes when i was back in dubai that's a, that's that's a normal uh, practice yep oh uh, we got a lot of sudanese neighbors and yes we keep exchanging food and meal i mean like sometimes you have two types of asida on your meal and you ask yourself where did this other one come from and it tastes different so uh yeah you realize that this came from a neighbor and if you see neighbor's dish on your uh, table, that means that one of your dishes is definitely shared and now sitting on their dishes on their uh, table. And, and and let me add to this point now. I'm here, I'm, I'm living as a single person, uh, but I know a lot of families uh, in Sydney, and and this is also a really good tradition I appreciate in Sudanese. So no matter what your mutual status is, single, widowed you know, divorced, whatever, families will still stick up to you. I mean, like, you know, every single day I get calls like, hey, please pass by us and get some food for your iftar. You know, come to our place, you know, with all pandemic and no visits, we can, you know, we can invite people and that's even encouraging them more to share more. So, yeah, I don't really want to tell you how many calls I get per week or per day to just come. Some people book days with me like I'm, I'm having like sunday wednesday and 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 tuesday are booked these coming days for, for for going to collect some food from people i know so this is also part of the sharing culture that it's a sharing and caring culture i call it uh, among sudanese which is a really like you know it's uh, you know i guess you also you know being engaged with a lot of nationalities and a lot of cultures knowing that you've been born and raised in saudi arabia and then you went to Spain and you've seen a lot of people from different parts of the world. But honestly, and I'm not saying that because I'm Sudanese, this is a thing that I didn't see much. And the the, 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 the thing is, I see people who are not Sudanese acknowledging this when they know Sudanese. Yeah, that's you know, absolutely true. It's like those families kind of adopt you and they know that you are not able to <laughs> uh, like uh, cook by yourself every single day and prepare the meal as you can and even though even even though if you're able to they, they still feel the responsibility to to support you uh, through through ramadan even outside ramadan but especially in ramadan people really stand up for each other they they uh, they try to make you feel you know home more or less and they send you like food all the time and they they 
they book you like are you available for 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 this friday you should break our uh, your fast with us and i to be honest like here in spain uh, the the sudanese families are not that much still they actually check up on you even if like they can't send food they check up on us every time and that's something that i appreciate oh yeah yeah 100% yes as you say and that proves it because you know no matter where you are you know spain australia malaysia middle east you know the nowhere itself you find a sudanese family that make sure that yeah this sudanese dude should be taken care of so yeah uh, since we've been talking uh, about ramadan there's also some special preparation when it comes to uh, eid so the two or three last nights of ramadan before eid everybody you know like uh, yeah, yeah it's so tense i so don't like those days <laughs> it is coming it's a big event i uh, have to prepare for it differently <laughs> so do you remember those preparations oh yeah 100% i was part of them not even my choice you know it's like you feel like your mom never sleeps for those days before Eid, right like every single corner every single centimeters across the household is being cleaned and double checked and and then every single you know thing in the kitchen should be prepared before Eid and you know all those details a lot of groceries to be bought for that one Oh my god some some you know you, you start discovering areas in your household that you've never seen especially if you're part of that uh, cleaning campaign you know it's like if you're really taking a role in that one yeah you really got to be tired you know you sleep and you know, with one eye open knowing that your mom is chasing you why didn't you do this this task and why didn't you do that task go and do this and go and do that and yeah they're very tired they are very tired but still they're nice because you know I, I, you know while you're working and while you're cleaning and while you're doing all those preparations you think of the Eid day because you know Eid day is, is is very joyful it's it's a it's a day that you know that's, that's works all this uh, when, when you, you're talking about your mom chasing you and asking you to clean stuff and you're being part of the campaign of of cleaning the house i remember that uh one of the traditions we had uh, in our place in home that we have to change the position of the furniture at, at the house. And I never understood the point of this. Why are we changing bed to be from this position to that position? Just for... I never understood that, but yeah. It's like the same bed. It's, like, it's the same bed. It's they the also same have like a sofa. Why are you doing? You have to put the very yeah. sheets that nobody actually used before. You're not allowed oh, yeah. to sit on these sheets. Like it has to be super, super tight up. And the house looks so perfect. Do I live here? This house looks different. the sheets of Eid, man. Yes, 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 100% agree. Then you, you see them, they're very new, they're very, you know, colorful and stuff. And, and, and yes, they would, you know, they would stay there for a while. And then after, you know, like those sheets, they never used again for any future Eid. Every single Eid got its own sheet. So those sheets will get off service and they'll be treated as normal yeah, sheets. They in the rest of the museum year. of sheets that so, nobody yeah. saw inside the house have some hidden that's closets. right yeah some shallow wall 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 right like you press something and the whole wall yeah. opens and you see a lot of sheets sitting in there with all those colors and i don't know if you noticed that you know when you compare the the the, the, the bed sheets uh of sudanese with other nations ours are really colorful yeah i mean like they're really colorful i'm not sure like you know yeah they're special I, I always find those Sudanese bed sheets. I'm not sure why I'm I even calling them Sudanese bed sheets, but those bed sheets are really colorful. And every single woman or every single mom makes sure that these sheets are really, you know, matching with the 
with the with the bellow bags, with the you know, with with the wall colors, with all the other you know furniture around the room. I like simple. Right? Just one yeah. color. Just one color because <laughs> this hurts my eyes. Because like the the bed is like full of colors and the floor as well and the wall and then my mom is wearing top and top also like full of you know flowers and roses and it gets like hurts my eyes you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's like walking into a yeah, garden or something. That's hundred percent <laughs> agree. And I'm not sure if you if you, if you feel the same, but I always find those sheets, the new sheets, very not. You know, not comforty when you sleep on them, because for some reason, always on eight days you're so exhausted, right? So you, you just get you know knocked out at some point during the day without even you feeling it, and you find yourself on one of those sheets. And I feel like, yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable yeah. <laughs> when you sleep on those, feet, on those on those new sheets. On them. Exactly, and you get you get your you know your back whipped when you do that. Like, go stand up. Yeah. Why are you sleeping in those ones? Go sleep inside in the old ones. I was like, yeah, they're bed sheets. Yeah, they're associated to bed. No, and beds I, are associated bit, to sleep. Bit, so, yeah. yeah, it's a bit different. I think one of the things that people don't know about the, the Sudanese culture is that if you go to a living room or let's say a salon or where where you receive uh, guests, you find the the living room or that that room full of chairs, and there's always one bed. So yeah, uh, the historic reason behind this, which I tried to dig deeper uh, to know about it, uh, why there is always beds in in those guest uh, rooms uh, for Sudanese. So um, the story goes back in history where um, uh, in those day one, the concept of day one or what you named it, um, uh, the guest room. Uh, so um, families in Sudan, you know, when you, when they get guests. They make sure that those guests feel super comfortable and 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 you know they don't feel that they're not at home. So uh, they have that bed there, and mostly when the guest is not from the city or from the region or from the area, he sometimes or she sometimes gets forced to sleep over, uh, and they won't allow the guest easily to just go. So that bed there is a sign of hospitality, and 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 you know it gives that indication to the guest that you're home. Even with a bed, I mean, like, who in the rest of the world would have a bed in a guest room? Sudanese does. Yep, Sudanese does. Though. So, this is this is this is the story behind it. It's 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 a sign of generosity. It's a sign of hospitality. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that's an uh, eye-catching every time you go to a Sudanese house and you see there is a bed in the living room that doesn't actually match with the rest of the living room, like. It's it's like very single. Like, why? What are you doing there? But then when you understand. <laughs> the deeper meaning of having the bed there although like all the time i used to fight with my with my parents like we are not supposed to keep beds in the living room that's so wrong on so many levels whenever like a guest comes comes over and i understand because yeah they cannot actually like uh, sleep over the couch and apparently even the guest you said like sometimes they're forced to sleep to sleep over or to stay over but then i think they are prepared for this you know They and they understand that yep. they always will get some sort of you know invited to 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 continue to stay. Yep, yep, hundred percent. Yep, yep. Because you know all the house you hold there is this, you know, um, I would say a, a public understanding uh, of you know of house being open to guests. So uh, yep, as you say, the guests themselves are receptive to the to the invitation. Uh, the households uh, also is always open to invite people to 
sleepover to stay over. So, yeah, you're 100% right. Okay, now I just wanted to, to mention one story that I, I, have, I, I have in my, my mind that I will never forget. Uh, so before I, I told you that uh, we always prepare something and we, we exchange it with, with neighbors, you know, so you send food over. And I remember in Saudi, we used to live in a very big uh, building where there are so many, so many Sudanese res residents inside that building. And we also had a, a doorman. And the doorman was uh, from, from Nuba. So uh, I, I remember when my mom used to prepare something, she, she prepared so many plates and she said, okay, take this to Khaltu Fatma and this one to Khaltu Khadija. Just take it to Salih al-Bawab. I said, okay. So, you know, I, I was just 11, yeah. 11 years old, man. I don't get to, 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 to be a delivery guy. That's the question the same yeah, time. Yeah, so you had, a, you had an early thing, Uber. I, I took the <laughs> Yeah, I took the Asida but to, to Salih al-Bawab and I took something else to Khaltu Fatma. When I, when I came back to my mother, she was so furious. She was so angry. She said, like, you own the whole thing. I prepared this specifically for that person because they like this, this and that. I told her, okay, well, he gets this for today and no no it's not a big deal she said no that's a huge deal to me go fix your mistake so i went back oh. to Salih al-Bawab. you know i could even like look at him in his eyes and oh, man i'm really really sorry but this asid is not for you i have to exchange it with Khalto Fat. oh my goodness <laughs> that that's embarrassing <laughs> super embarrassing super embarrassing so i tried to avoid being the delivery guy but then i it was my job okay. i didn't ask to be to be a delivery guy but yeah yep, yep. so yeah i think i think we've, we've covered most of the points do you have something to add uh related to the Sudanese cultures and ramadan ah uh, yeah so uh i think i would really like now what we discuss is is you know the the food the the um you know be you know exchanging through all those uh traditional traditions around the concept of food but Ramadan is also, there is a very nice part of Ramadan, uh, which is the time after Aisha prayer, right? The evening time in Ramadan, all those, you know, nights of, you know, watching Ramadan series and Ramadan program on TV, uh, you know, people coming over in a late hour or relatively a late hour to visit, to chit chat, to have some coffee and, 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 and tea, you know, it's a thing that also in Sudanese culture that Sudanese would drink tea anytime. Like, you know, people keep saying that English people are the nation of the tea. I was like, no, hell no, no, no. Sudanese, I'm not sure about Indian, but Sudanese are the nation of the tea, at least in Africa. So yeah, they will invite people, you know, on tea or for tea anytime of the day. People come over. Uh, and also, if you notice this, in Ramadan, people never sleep early. They never sleep early. You know, it's like you, sometimes they stay even up to Sahur time. Although some of them may be working the next day, but for some reason people can really stand this, you know, less sleeping for more enjoyment time. So yeah, this this is also a part of Ramadan I really enjoy and having the kids around and playing late hour football, uh, volleyball. For some reason I don't practice volleyball on any day of the year except in Ramadan. I'm not sure if you if you've gone through this experience as well. But yeah, volleyball yeah. for some reason gets really booming when it comes to to to, to publicity when it, you know in Ramadan. That's actually true. Like we mentioned that there's some drinks and some uh, some plates that only appear during Ramadan. So there's also some sports that just get uh, the publicity just for Ramadan, which is volleyball. And suddenly you find inside the neighborhood uh, in Sudan, you know the the net just uh, appeared in the middle of nowhere, and people started playing volleyball. Like you guys. 
Okay, who invented this tradition? Who brought this to service? No, nobody knows. No, But like, no. to be honest, uh, we used to play volleyball uh, at like late uh, late nights, and we used to play football right before iftar. So even though we're fasting in the last hour of, uh, of of the day, we play we play very intense football. You know, uh, we call <laughs> it the dafuri, right? Dafuri, yep. Yeah, dafuri, which is like. has no rules you know no regulations you're allowed to do whatever and people are fasting frustrated yeah. already so imagine the violence you know and big then time, from that man. we back we break our fast big time yes yeah. like you know you, you feel like you already broke your fast before you actually break your fast and that that food is like you know you eat people in there you know yeah i agree that food is really aggressive and i don't know it's like you know people are fasting their body may not be as you know having the the supplements as they are on other days but yeah people for some reason they get that energy to kick each other and playing very aggressive and yeah i i was i was part of that last hour of fasting football and yeah it's really it, it just it just flex a lot of memories now in my mind with all the tackles and all the you know skillful plays for some reason people get really good players in ramadan so yeah 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 i agree one one Just uh, one last uh, thing I wanted to add here is uh, we mentioned how iftar is very uh, uh, important and how also we, we embrace our culture during iftar. We also mentioned the late evenings, so you mentioned the the TV series and the commercials that's just like for Ramadan, specialized for Ramadan. And we also actually have like Salat Tarawih in Sudan is also something big, and you always see kids playing outside the outside the mosque. You know, they they, they have this kind of. Uh, Silic, I don't know, it's called Silic, or they have Silic, some yes. sort of game they play every yeah. time they annoy people. People are play, praying and they, these kids are uh, also playing outside, so okay. it gets super confusing. But then when you go also through the night until you reach Sahur time, also the meals we have for Sahur is special. I, I don't know about you, but we, we used to prepare uh, rugag, which is actually yeah. a, a Spanish homemade, homemade cornflakes. Correct, precisely. Yeah, there is. Yeah, rugag. Rugag is a is a is a is a thing that across the Sudanese culture as well, where you have rugag with milk, and all the other side uh, uh, supplements. Uh, I guess I'm not sure. We used to have some medida as well uh, in Sahur time. Yeah, for some reason, food is also uh, a, a primary uh, dish in Sahur, and sometimes even on Fatur itself. I mean, like food. Like Sudanese love food. You know, they like. for all across the year so uh yes yeah, her also it is a joker it is a joker of all the meals yes 100 agree <laughs> so yeah i think hassan we have uh, tried to cover the sudanese traditions in ramadan quite well and i'm sure like we've mentioned so many uh terms and na- name of plates that people not really familiar with so if anybody has like a question just let us know we will try to explain the sudanese plates to you as Um, yeah, so that's it from my side. So Hassan, do you have any anything to say? Uh, first, I would like to thank you to, for inviting me to to this uh, nice talk. You know, uh, it's nice to share uh, uh, Ramadan stuff. You know, you do this special uh, Ramadan traditions and customs uh, first. You know, across your people, and then to other people who may really be interested to know how Ramadan is. Because you know, when people know you. I know know your rituals. They would love to be part of it, and I guess, I guess we talked about things that yeah would give a clear image of how Ramadan would look like in Sudan and how Sudanese are taking Ramadan as well as the country itself in their hearts wherever they go. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, I just want to thank you for accepting uh, my invitation to to be part of this chat, and uh, I wish you 
بليست مان في ريست اوف رمضان انجوي ات ان ادفانس عيد مبارك مان عيد مبارك تو يو مان اند تو اول اوف ذا اودينسز ذوس هو بي ليسنينج تو ذيس ريكورد and with that we have come to the end of this episode i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you guys got the opportunity to learn something about sudanese traditions in general and in ramadan specifically before ending this episode i just want to say thank you to hasan azadin for joining me today and i also want to give a big shout out to all the sudanese all over the globe uh, we are a big community wherever we go and we always stick to each other so that's something uh, i'm proud of And yeah that's that's all for today stay tuned for the coming episodes this is Hassan Talks podcast peace out